Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, Auburn's premier home for student-run radio since 1971. I am your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside my co man, Davis Carroll, and the incomparable Alex Houston. We'd like to welcome in our listeners and viewers from across the Auburn and Opelika Megaplex and around the world, however you may be tuning in today, whether that be on your terrestrial radio antenna, through the information superhighway at WEGLFM.com, or if you're tuning in after the fact on Transistor or by listening to our podcast, we are happy to have you here in the booth with us for Auburn's only student-run drive-time morning show. And now, as always, we are broadcasting live from the Bradley Base and WEGL studios here in the Harold Melton Student Center on the campus of Auburn University, where right now on this Tuesday morning, it is 58 degrees and quite foggy outside. Welcome into Compact Discourse. We wish you a most sincere Good morning, as we will jump right in and get on with the show today. Davis, how are you feeling this fine morning? Feeling good. No no Wendy's breakfast in hand? No Wendy's breakfast, sadly. Uh, I, do got, I do got a quiz I got to take before class at 9.30, but other than that, just chilling. You'll be speed running the morning. Hopefully. That's right. And we're also joined by Mr. Alex. Alex, how are you feeling today? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, looking forward to that McGill Tool and basketball game in Montgomery later today. Going to be a fun time. Oh, yeah. Jackets are in the 6A state playoffs, I hear. Boom. Exactly. And they've got the best player in the state in Barry Dunning, who unfortunately is going to Arkansas. I tried I to get him to come to Auburn Indeed, when we... I was there. Mm. Wow, Davis, you tweeting at recruits, man? That's no, uh... I was, when I was could talk to him, I was like, hey, man, Auburn's pretty cool. The recruiting arm extends deep into, into the territory here. It does. All right, uh, yeah. So how do we feel about the fog this morning? It was pretty cool. I mean, you know, I only... always a good sight. Only thought of when Scooby Doo cut out the cut out the donut out of the fog and ate it. Mm, thick as pea soup. Yeah, what they say. I was worried it was gonna be like the movie The Mist, but not like the remake that's got really bad CGI. But it wasn't like that, so we're good. Classic. Thankfully, this morning did not have very bad CGI. At this point, I would like to remind our audience that if at any point in the next hour you feel so inclined to ask us a question, drop a hot take, or in the highly unlikely event that we get something wrong. You can correct us. You can do so by calling in at 334-844-9345. That's 334-844-WEGL on your touchtone keypad. You can also send us a tweet at CDISCAU. That is at C-D-A- what is it? C-D-I-S-C-A-U. And our dedicated team of call screeners and Twitter monitors will handle your inquiry. I got the tweet deck right here in front of me. So if you tweet at us, it will surely come through and we can react to it in real time as a... Getting a lot of euphoria content on the mm. on oh dear the, on the Xbox. I get a lot of euphoria content on Instagram, but I've never watched it. I've got a lot of uh, horse racing content, but I don't know if that <laughs> how that relates. You've been watching horse races? No, but uh, the Medina horse that got like got its uh, win at the Kentucky Derby revoked because shockingly bad Bob Baffer once again used steroids on a horse. So unfortunate but we, we can talk about that a bit later oh, i think okay. we should talk about it right now because i also saw that on the bottom line while i was watching this uh the the ohio state basketball game last night so medina spirit is stripped of her yes kentucky derby victory trainer bob baffert suspended for 90 days medina spirit was stripped of the victory in last year's kentucky derby and mandaloon was declared the winner after a ruling by state race stewards on monday the since-deceased Medina Spirit tested positive after the race last May for a steroid, beta-methazone, that is legal in Kentucky but banned on race day. 
Medina Spirit finished half a length ahead of Madeline in the race, giving trainer Bob Baffert what was his seventh Kentucky Derby title. Baffert was subsequently banned for two years by Churchill Downs following the positive test. Hmm. And also, as it says down here, that's only the second horse in the 146-year history of the Kentucky Derby to be disqualified, the first being Dancer's Image in 1968. And I think a lot of suspicion arose because of the fact that this horse only lived for three years. I'm not sure of the average life of a racehorse, that's but I'm pretty sure it's longer than three do years. Do they expire as soon as they win? No, that's not. that. What they'll do is they'll retire because they're once out of racing shape. That is very quick, and that's something that kind of I had to adjust to when watching her. I was like, this is kind of weird, but then I, I figured that out. But, yeah, no, they don't just live for three years. That's not how it happens. And the effect of it is, you know, the amount of strange medications and things they do to these horses to get them as thoroughbred racehorses. And I think, you know, my issue is it's unclear if Baffert's winnings were were taken back. He was fined 7500 bucks and suspended nine days or 90 days, but he also won $180,000, at least based on the divisions that I saw. So he should also have that taken back because, again, he cheated. And... Mm. For lack of a better word, I don't I don't know officially, but that horse also died. So, hmm. all under his care as he is the trainer. So, I think you know it's just it's just not it's just a very unfortunate set of circumstances is what it what it seems to be. If I can if I can say that, definitely I was not expecting horse news. Every time you see a horse on the bottom line at uh, ESPN, you know, there's trouble. Exactly. Rarely I mean, good news. And, and arguably, you could also say it very often features Bob Baffert. He is pretty much the titan of the horse racing industry in terms of his training abilities. As you said, it would have been his seventh Kentucky Derby win. He wins a lot. I mean, if you if you watch any of the any of the Triple Crown, he's always on camera because he always has a horse in the running every single year. What's your favorite horse? Hmm. I mean, are we talking like specifically a horse that won the race, or like breed of horse? Like, like name of horse. Um, I want to say I can't remember the name, unfortunately, but it was the horse that won the first Triple Crown since like the the seventies. Because I remember watching that live uh, at my and uncle's river house, and that was a really fun experience just to see that. Because it was like, oh, it's, you're seeing history. You know the way you know why they got such goofy names. Why is that, Davis? Because you can't have a a horse with the same name as another one. So they just be like. Here's Glockenspiel coming in second to airline travel. So they just come up with as, as many things as they can so they can get a new name on the record. Interesting. Also, for, for what, it's, uh, what it's worth, this is Baffert's fifth violation of any kind in 13 months in terms, of, in terms of medication. This guy's like the Dan o- Snyder of horses. Oftentimes he just exceeds the amounts of authorized medication, but, but sometimes, no, I, I heard, I just wanted to, to get this up, but I, I agree. I mean... In terms, of, in terms of people that should not be involved in the sport, I'll put them on an, on an equal footing. Neither of them should be. But, yeah, I mean, he often exceeds the amount of authorized medications but sometimes has just completely violated with the use of prohibited medications. So, oh, dear, that's a good that, – because I felt bad when I said he's done it again, but it turns out he might have actually done it again. So, oh, dear. You going to keep doing that, Jack? <laughs> you keep talking about it. Oh, okay. Just go Got with it. it, brother. Look what I got. I, here's something that may pique your interest. Did you know that all horses have the same birthday? I've heard oh, that. Oh, wait, I've heard about this too, yeah. So, um, August 1st is the is the birthday for every horse with Northern, oh, in the Southern Hemisphere, with Northern Hemisphere equines celebrating their special day on January 1st. That's odd. So, it's, it's based on the equine breeding season. It's used to standardize in the industry, particularly horse racing which uses date to put horse in their age grades for races. So it's not like, you know, when you'd play soccer as a kid and be like a grade above all the other kids. 
if everyone has the same birthday, you don't have that problem. Interesting. So true. That is fascinating. I will say, if I found the name, it's American Pharaoh. It was the horse that won in 2015, the first Triple Crown winner since 1970. I thought that name was cool. Also, a very just cool time. And then Justify was three years after that in 2018. Which it is very interesting, I will say. This is just one, one more tidbit about this whole thing. <laughs> is the fact that when it, the Triple Crown has only ever happened 13 times. But when it does happen, it happens like with a lot of years back to back. Like there was a stretch in the 40s from 1941 to 1948 where it happened four times. Then in the 70s from 73 to 78, three times. And then again in 2015 and 2018. I don't know why that is. I'm very curious about that. Because like how, how does it go from being such a rare thing to happening all at once? You know what I mean? But anyway. It's chaos theory, you know? You're waiting at the bus stop, no buses for 20 minutes, and then three show up all at once. That's a very good point, Jack. I like that. <laughs> so, not much other uh, horse news, and believe me, I checked, but um, I am seeing a very, very sweet tweet wishing a happy birthday to all the horses out there on the horse birthday. Happy birthday to them, whenever yeah. it is their Wish, birthday. Wishing you many delicious carrots and apples. Indeed. Is what this tweet has to say. So, that's uh, sports-adjacent news as, uh, yeah, this, this poor, poor horse despite dying, has also had a posthumous strip of its uh, Kentucky Derby title. Indeed, and it's just, you know, it's a very unfortunate... Uh, so what are the implications of Bob Baffert not competing in this uh, one coming up in May? Well, I mean, he normally has the favorite horse, so I think the uh, the field will be a lot different in terms of... I think the betting will be a lot more wide open, because he, he is normally the favorite. Because, again, he, he wins all the time. Very well. Rainbow Blue, Bunny Lake, Fan Hanover... Great horse names. Good names indeed. Test of Faith, Rock and Roll Hanover, Always Ooh. Be Mickey, and No Pan Intended. That's that's some advanced humor. I like it. All right. Uh, yeah, no more horse news. I went to. I ho- got some other animal news. I went to horse.org, and it was mostly about like horse diseases. Go ahead, Davis. It's about an aardvark, an aardvark that y'all might know. Arthur. Uh, um, um, Arthur the aardvark. <sighs> Jack, me. wow, did you not have a good childhood? I wanted another, I wanted. I didn't want to have the same guess as you. Well, yeah, oh. that's the answer, Alex got it. Aardvark is one of those animals that probably comes first alphabetically. It definitely is. I was about to say, there's, there's. I Ar- doubt there's another one. It's hard to top the two A's. I'm just going to Google all animals ever in alphabetical order and see what I get. Ar- Arthur, as I'm sure most people listening watch the aardvark. show, Arthur the Aardvark aired its last episode on Monday. Its final episode after 25 seasons. I saw that. And Arthur... Did you watch it? No, I did not actually, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So you didn't see it. Man on I mean, the street. I saw that it Man happened. on the street reporting. I saw that it happened, Davis. If, if Alex had tweeted about it, we would have known he watched it. <laughs> You're funny. You're a funny guy. <laughs> Arthur is now a graphic novelist, and the name of his first book was called Arthur's Eyes, which was the first episode of Arthur. Hang on. It's cyclical. It's the grandfather paradox. Mm. And in the last episode, DW, notorious tattletale of the show, became a police officer. Do with that information <laughs> what you will. Is that real? <laughs> yes. Arthur also has, a, also, has, oh. also has some facial hair now. That's, that's valid. I don't know how Arthur suddenly gained hair as if he was a child and bald. Well, he is an aardvark. There he is. He's got really luscious, like, what? He's wearing, he's wearing the his what's his friend Buster. He's wearing a Buster you shirt. You really think people would do that? Also, Just I go can, on the internet and I, tell lies. I can confirm Ardvark comes first in the alphabet. Shortly after is Ardwolf. Ard what? Which is it's uh, like a werewolf. Ardvark? Crotellus cristata, 
Um, let's see what do we got on this. The, the Latin name did not help us at all. Um, located in Africa, including Madagascar. Let me see it. Let me see it. That is a good it, looking dog. It looks like this. It, its face looks kind of kind of scrunched. If that makes any Pretty sense. Cool. There's so many animals you don't know about. The most exactly. distinct thing about an aardvark is its nose, I think. And True. Arthur does not have that. Exactly. He has, he has a very round head. Because mm. if I if I Google if mm. I click on an aardvark, yeah, you're right. You're completely right. He does have the ears though. They they make it work, but the ears don't look like aardvark ears either. Well, I mean, twenty five years ago, two D animation that's hand drawn. How you gonna how you gonna fit that I feel in? Like you can make ears that come to a point. I guess so. The point is, his name is Arthur the Aardvark, and it's alliteration. Are aardvarks anteater adjacent? Or are they unrelated? Oh yeah, I think they are. I think they're like cousins. Aardvark anteater armadillo. Mm, I'm not sure about the armadillo part. Look look at an armadillo. It looks like a like a it aardvark. Does, in, it does, but looks they, like an aardvark in a costume. They can jump like 20 feet in the air. They really can't, and they have a uh, many diseases. But yes, I believe aardvarks and anteaters are RJ. I think there was actually an episode of Arthur that distinguished the two. All right, I, recall. I grew up on Arthur. We're gonna hit say. a break. When we come back, we'll uh we'll give you the tax and taxological lowdown on the uh, differences between an aardvark and antelope and an anteater. When we return to this exciting episode of Compact Discourse, do not go anywhere. There are surprises throughout here on this Tuesday edition of Auburn's favorite morning show. We'll be right back with Davis and Alex and Jack right here on the Big 91, WEGL 91.1 FM, the Superstation. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Hardwood, alongside Alex and Davis on a Tuesday, not just any Tuesday, but the Tuesday of all Tuesdays, as it is 222 2022 and a Tuesday, no less. So we're soaking it all in, as I uh, hope you're staying uh, dry out there, braving the, the scary fog that's uh, limiting visibility in all directions out here on the plains today. Right now in, on, in Auburn, Alabama, it's 59 degrees and cloudy. High of 78 today, low of 63. It's going to get up to 75 this afternoon when the sun comes out. So hmm. potential porch time situation uh, coming up. We've also got a sunset at 534. Winds gusting up to 16 miles per hour. They'll be blowing northwest at 9 pretty consistently. UV index 0 out of 10. So that tan's going to have to wait and the 94% humidity, very, very on-brand for February in Alabama. Uh, your hourly forecast, it's going to slowly climb up to 70 throughout the morning. Very little chance of rain, but the clouds will be sticking around. Looking at your five-day forecast just ahead, we've got Wednesday. The rain will return. we got a 30% chance of rain tomorrow. So here's hoping it stays nice and dry for Jungle Village. Thursday, we're going to have partly cloudy and 80 degrees, very similar to today's weather. Friday, the rain will return once again, off and on, uh, high of 70 on Friday. And then on Saturday, the rain will stay away, but we will cool off a little bit to 65 degrees. And that is what the situation is for the next five days here in Auburn, Alabama. I'll be going to Tennessee this weekend, so hope it's not too cold, honestly. That's my only concern there. And that is your Auburn weather report. Thank you for listening to Compact Discourse this morning. And we go throughout the day to get your weather updates. And with that, we'll jump right back into the show. Um, Some cursory research. Giant anteaters live in South America. Aardvarks live in Africa. 
Okay. So maybe it's like maybe it's like a like diversion a, evolution. Like, like a, they were there, but then Pangea split like off. Like an ostrich emu situation. So true. Uh, interesting. Like a cassowary. Like a lemur, new world monkey situation. Very well. Old world yes. versus new world monkey. Armadillos also live in the Americas, so oh, uh, make yeah. of that what you will. They can jump like thirty feet in the yeah. air. Mm-hmm. Now speaking of a show like Arthur, what was y'all's like go to childhood show? I just I mean, watched Cyber Chase a lot. Cyber really? Chase was good. I, I, had, I, had a, I had a handful of them, but I was curious what y'all's were. Um, let's see. Like PBS shows or just shows? Like, you know, show? I mean, it, it, like, you know, from ages ages infancy to like six. Mm, I always thought Arthur Arthur was good background noise. Arthur was fun. Arthur was like, well, I watched Max and Ruby. Max and Ruby. Ruby. Was that on public television? Yes, was it was. Was that on a network? No, it was on Nickelodeon. Really? I feel like it was on Nickelodeon. Oh, I thought it was on both. I always, I liked Rough Ruffman. I never got around to watching it mm. too much. I liked the... The game, the game show aspect. Of I was Rough a Clifford Ruffman. fan. Whoever, I was a big Clifford fan. I was also a Rescue Heroes fan. That, oh, that's gonna, that's gonna goodness. like unlock like a like a Heroes. like a deep memory for a lot of people. I had so many Rescue Heroes we, toys. We had a lot of them, and then my mom gave them away when we were six. And my brother and I have never let her forget that. Those are the guys with the big arms, the toys. They're they rescue had the rescue the triggers, and they would like scoop. No. No, I have no, no nothing, idea. Nothing has been brought up. No, 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 no deep memories unlocked there. Rescue. So yeah, anything over there? Um, not Chippendale, I assume. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. Not Chippendale Rescue Rangers. All right, I'll have to. I'll have to return to this when I have more time to research this. But I remember toys where the, all of them were big burly men, mm-hmm. and they all had triggers on their backs that would oscillate their arms to do whatever task they were. Ah, interesting. So was cons- that the Rescue Heroes? Mm-mm. They didn't. They didn't have their arms. Didn't move. I don't think. Heroes toys. Well, I'm gonna go look, but you guys. Can oh yeah, this is it. This was it. Well, there you go. Yeah, then that's it. It's like the big. The tr- one I had didn't move. The big, well, like, like, the, uh, well, show me a picture, Jack. The to, big to chunky the... guys. I mean, this is a new one, but like, they they all had like a t- like a tool in their right hand. They had oh, a like uh, yeah, like uh, this guy. Yeah, the trigger on their back, and you would pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah. I had I had that and, like, guy. Would, yeah, yeah, did, yeah. He, did he move? Yeah, he did. Davis, yeah. you just you're clearly you may have just have really bad. I also ones. had the one your mom bought hand me downs. So I like had the Goodwill. little ones that went in like the big like the big. Oh place yeah, 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 yeah. I, I had too. my one of my, my grandparents goodness. like you pushed to go, and it it was like an ambulance thing. It roll roll around in circles. Now, but let me be clear though: the golden childhood show is easily Power Rangers SPD. We all like come on now. Yeah. Oh, you're not not big Power Rangers. Oh my gosh, I was. I, I lived the in Red Ranger, the Red nonsense. Ranger meetup, or whatever it was. The Red Ranger meetup was a legendary time in my life i'll I'm tell you sure. that right now it was man good shows not, bob not, the builder not sure about all that mm, huh? yeah you should want uh, handy manny no that was like my brother's generation as in like william manny. no william, william watched sid the science kid which is one of the worst oh, shows i've ever seen in my life sid the science kid. he was so annoying i didn't like little einstein's what? I hated oh, I love the little Einsteins. So annoying. To We're me. going on a trip in our fa- yeah rocket like, like, ship. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was uh with Dragon Tales? That you guys? Yeah, you guys. Bump My on brother that? watched Dragon Tales. What? Uh, Arthur had some weird cameos. You remember this? Yes. Matt Damon. Yes. Yeah, Matt Damon was an episode. Matt Damon, famously the voice of a horse in the movie Spirit, not just any horse, the horse. But yes, Matt Damon. I do remember also, that. Also, Johnny Damon. From uh, Moneyball appears you, to have been in an episode. Really? You mean <laughs> Johnny Damon from Moneyball? Yeah, yeah. That that that's that's from where the Oakland he's from. Athletic. Also from real life, but 
But more importantly, you'll remember his name is the guy that leaves the athletics and leaves them in a state of disrepair. Kids these days would probably know him from Moneyball. That's true. Um, Fair. I remember Caillou. I don't remember liking Caillou. Caillou was terrible. What was the plot? I don't really know. He was just like a kid that always complained and his... They cater to them. I have all these. Uh, it's Canadian television, so that's why. I have all these uh, videos of old PBS Unavailable. shows, and just in the middle of it is Jawan Howard punching a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what what was Caillou about. Let's um, see what Caillou's plot was. It was just, aired it was from just... 1997 to 2010, but it only had five seasons. Huh? And they have a lot sense. of episodes. Kid shows had a weird development schedule. Oh, controversy! Whoa, what? I was uh I was into the Backyardigans a lot. Oh, Backyardigans was awesome. Oh my god. Backyardigans was the be- that was the pinnacle of I ah, S imagination in the backyard. Good good times. What Davis? I, it it really in- inspired. It, they they the music was good. The uh The Backyardigans. Oh yeah. The Secret Agent on a Secret Mission. Yeah. Like it's like Pasa Doble. That that was good stuff. The Castaways. I know that one. That, that one made the rounds on TikTok. That one recently uh, re-entered the public conscious. So, <laughs> I think that was good stuff. I think uh, Backyardigans let open people's mind to music without even knowing it. There's a surfer rock episode. It's good stuff. Um, PBS Kids. PBS Kids was banging. I feel like I, I spent that was like a like a grandma's house situation. I used to watch it in my house on the old TV. I remember. I don't really remember any of the other ones I would have watched, though. I remember Cyber Chase was probably the one I watched the most. Cyber Chase was good. It taught you math, which was kind of yeah, boring. It obviously didn't stick with me but, very uh, well. but um, It had Christopher Lloyd. It did. Also had Danny DeVito, or not Danny DeVito, Gilbert Godfrey. What, yeah. He was the All-star bird. cast for such a silly kids' math show. So I've got I've got I've got I've got an official quote from the National Post writer Tristan Hopper, who identified Caillou as, and I quote, Quite possibly the world's most universally reviled children's program. Multiple petitions have been enacted to cancel the show, and it eventually was, of course. My mom didn't like that. That's laughable. I was a big Phineas and Ferb kid. Oh, my gosh. Big Phineas and Ferb guy over here as well. Let me tell you that much. I would say Jack was probably the same. Jack, you a big Phineas and Ferb fan? Um... Yeah, I would say so. I know about... It's stuck with me. I'll say that. (laughs) Ascendant Brendan. (laughs) <laughs> climb he climb up a tree and nothing flat. The Wonder Pets. Now that was a that was a program. I don't know that one. I remember the Wonder Pets. That show was crazy. In terms of, I don't really know what, what happened, but it was pretty it was fun. Lenny Tuck and Ning Ning, and they would rescue. Oh yeah, I remember them. Yeah, they would rescue a stuck class pet every week. Uh, and they go like, like uh, help the baby duckling. Yeah, I remember the song though. Save the day. All right, here. This might show my age, but in. Very early grade school, we would have. This is back to Arthur. They would. We would have Arthur books on tape, on a literal cassette, and we would sit crisscross on the floor, and we would wear these like, you know that color that like old technology was. It was just like beige gray. Yes. We had these big chunky headphones that had like big thick wires that would go to the cassette player, and you'd sit and you'd put on these big chunky headphones that would hurt your head. And he'd sit and listen to the cassette player that was like bolted to the wall. Jack, are you the new senior citizen of Weagle ninety one point one FM? Saint Dominic's had those too. I'm the president. Oh, they didn't use them a lot. We, we did not. I'm We're the, two years younger than him. I'm the president pro tem of Weagle. I've been here I, the longest. Yeah, I'm so. about to say you're you're gonna have to take it over once uh, the Weagle All Star Game or about to be known as something else takes place. I mean, that was had it was like 2004. So 
I don't remember having those St. Mary's. Maybe we did. I, I mean, know. obviously the technology wasn't for 2004, but we were. Yeah, they just they held on to those. Yeah, everybody wanted school to hear. Didn't, school don't get very it's good. It's like budget. it's like how your school's computer labs would still have the big white blocky computers in like 2011. It yeah. was like this seems kind of kind of kind of suspect. Yeah, those Macs you could drop off a building and crush someone's car with. Exactly. Yes, good computers though. So Great sure. computers. Early computer games. Now. Yes. Other than Pinball. Pop, Pop Tropica. Bro, cool math games. I used to play the Lego Island. A Jeff Kinney project. Lego Soccer. I had that one. I don't even remember Pop Tropica. What was that game again? Jeff Kinney project. You played it in the browser. It was like baby's first RPG. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I used yeah, to play yeah, Epic Duel a lot. I Epic went on, Duel, Club Penguin. I went on Webkins. Mini Clip and I played Raft Wars. That was oh, good content. Raft right. Wars was a legendary Raft Wars game. Was fun. A uh, stick man, whatever. When you had to like, yeah, 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 yeah. To choose yeah. the adventure. Fun, classic times. All right. If you have another uh, memory you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear from you at three three four eight four four ninety three forty five. Or if you have a favorite show or computer game you played. In grade school, we'd love to reminisce as well. Tweet at us at CDISCAU, at C-D-I-S-C-A-U on Twitter. We have to take a quick break. When we return, the secret 830 in the morning song and a whole lot of other surprises as, oh boy, things are heating up in the Near East as uh, Vladimir Putin has made a move. What will the chess game hold in the coming days? We shall see. Do not go anywhere. You're listening to Compact Discourse right here on WBGL 91.1. I'm Jack Hard, joined alongside Alex and Davis. We shall return in just a few minutes with the remainder of the show, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Hard, joined alongside Alex and Davis here, coming at you live on a Tuesday morning. Hope you enjoyed the secret 830 in the morning song. If you're listening to us live here on the radio or on legalfm.com, if you're listening to our podcast, you will have to just wait until next time and listen to us live because the FCC might take issue with us playing that over the internet. All right, uh, we're jumping right back into the show. Thank you for joining us here for this second half of the show. It is 8.38 in the morning here on February 22nd, 2022. Jumping right back in with the news. News you can use, ladies and gentlemen, as, oh my goodness, things are heating up over in the Ukraine. This is coming from one hour ago over from BBC News. Ukraine crisis, Russia orders troops into rebel-held regions over in the Ukraine. President Vladimir Putin has ordered troops into two rebel-held regions in the eastern Ukraine after recognizing them as independent states. Russia said the troops have not yet been deployed but will be, quote, peacekeeping in the regions, which it has backed since 2014. The United States said calling them peacekeepers was, quote, nonsense and accused Russia of creating a pretext for war. Several countries have announced sanctions in response. Ukraine's president said his country was, quote, not afraid of anything or anyone in a late-night televised address to the nation. President and uh, former comedian Volodymyr Zelensky called for, quote, clear and effective actions of support from Ukraine's international allies. He said, quote, it is very important to see who our real friend and partner is and who will continue to scare the Russian Federation with words only. 
So the two provinces, it looks like, that Russia has invaded are, um, of course, in the most extreme eastern side of the Ukraine, closest to Russia. I believe that would be the like the south, the southeast corner of Ukraine, kind of close to Crimea, where there's been a interesting action in the past. So fears of invasion have been rising in recent months as Russia amassed some 150,000 troops along Ukraine's borders, according to U.S. estimates. At an emergency meeting of the United States Nations Security Council, U.S. Ambassador Linda Thomas-Greenfield dismissed Russia's claim that the troops would be taking a peacekeeping role, saying, we know what they really are. This is crazy. The whole, the whole like, way that this is all escalated and subsequently de-escalated and then escalated again and back and forth it goes, and also the way that the U.S. has handled it is kind of unprecedented in sort of putting what what intelligence they had on the matter in the public sphere. It's very rare for people to do that. And in most cases, when they do that, it tends to not be the most reliable intelligence, as we've seen in past instances. But clearly it is with Russia taking a further step by recognizing these separatist groups, which, yeah, it's just... I think at this point there is no chance of de-escalation. The only issue is they've been talking about war going to happen for the last three weeks now, and nothing's really happened happened yet. But the question of whether or not something will happen after what Russia does in moving into those two regions that are controlled by the Russian separatists will really be the tell. But, yeah, it's just crazy. Donetsk and Luhansk are the two territories exactly. in which, on which Russia had laid claim for years. They playing Hearts of Iron 4 over here, uh-huh. having to stake your claim before you map out your invasion plan. Which which has always been kind of my biggest issue with this is Russia playing some kind of victim when they've been trying to stake their claim in half of Ukraine for the better part of eight years now. Mm-hmm. Like it's, uh, not, it's not like the Ukrainians invaded them. It's quite the contrary. I believe Biden, or excuse me, Putin had a quote to the effect of Khrushchev was too nice when he let the Ukraine out of the SSSR. So we should, uh, we should, if we were that generous today, how would the world view us? Which, and Putin is a former member of the KGB. That's kind of the thing that's been very much something that people forgot is that the USSR didn't get beaten in a war and have their entire, like, you know, order restructured a la Nazi Germany, right? That Because that happened, right? So that that's all. With this case, they just sort of had to almost give up because they financially could not sustain themselves. But the people that were there did not get kicked out of the country. Or worse, right? They're still there. So the idea that like something like this was going to happen is kind of something that I think people forgot because again, the Cold War lasted thirty years and people were kind of done with it. But it seems like something that's kind of been building for a long time. And now the question of what's going to happen next is—I have no idea. You bored, Davis? Sorry, not, a not interested in, in geo in uh, in geopolitical uh, issues, Davis. I am interested, but I don't have anything to add. He just needs a coffee. Prepared for war, Davis? Prepared to ration. All right, we have soccer news. Yes, we do. After a lawsuit from the U.S. women's national team, it looks like the Federation will be paying the women's national team and the U.S. men's national team equally for the first time ever. Uh, so this day will soon be a historic day, 2-22-22, as the day when the U.S. women's national team earned equal pay along the U.S. men's team, something they've been calling for for a while. And, I mean, in any case... Regardless of revenue differences between male and female sports, this was always, I think, going to be the first domino to fall because of how successful the U.S. women's national team has been and how lacking in success the U.S. men's national team has been. That's true. The women's have four championships and the men have zero. It, it, is, not, it is not like, say, the U.S. men's and women's national teams for basketball where they both dominate everybody. You know what I mean? There's, there's one collective 
team that has dominated people, and it is it is this team. So good for them. I I think it's I think it's a great first step in a, in a lot of in terms of you know creating equality amongst male and female sports. Something that needs to be happening. So I think this is a great first step and a big win for all the people that have been fighting for that for so long. Good stuff. I'm glad uh, that finally got hashed out unceremoniously. It feels like there was a big stink about it, and then it just kind of happened. Because I think I think you know there was just there was mounting pressure and mounting pressure, and I think once that was already done, it was just a matter of legality, and they sort of sorted through that. But the pressure had been there for a while, and I think it was kind of something that people assumed was going to happen. Do we have a World Cup this summer? Uh, yes. 2018 was the last one, right? Yeah, so th- this will be the one this summer because it's in, I think it's, where is it this year? It's in Qatar. Yes, which it's is a, mid- a horrible location. It's a midterm year, and that would make sense. That would make sense. And, yeah, it's a terrible location where there have been stories of people building uh, the stadiums there who have then subsequently died. Yes. So that's we'll not our great. first haunted soccer match. That's that's not great at all. Um, yes, that's it's going to be an exciting World Cup. I'm looking forward to it. ghost will follow you home. <laughs> and with that, we're going to head to a quick break. When we return, we will do the final segment of the show. we got our Black History Month moment coming up as it is. The uh, still February, ladies and gentlemen, despite our best efforts. With that, we're going to head to a quick break. I am Jack Carr, joined alongside Alex and Davis. When we return, the final segment of the show, don't go anywhere. We'll be back for the thrilling conclusion of a Tuesday edition of Compact Discourse here on 222 2022. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Cardone, alongside Alex and Davis, coming at you live on a Tuesday morning here from the Harold Melton Student Center on the campus of Auburn University. However you are joining us today, we thank you for doing so, whether that be from WeagleFM.com on the Information Superhighway, where you can stream WEGL 24 hours a day, or in your car or terrestrial clock radio, 91.1 FM is the station. You can also listen 24 hours a day. It's just how that works. We also have a podcast that gets uploaded, uh, Lord Will and Creek Don't Rise, every day after the show. And uh, hopefully you'll listen to that as well. Indeed. It's, it boosts engagement. Indeed it does. We also have a Twitter account, at CDISCAU, at CDISCAU. I do a recap of the show every day with like three big things we talked about to try to l- trick people into listening to our show. Trick people? Trick people. We also engage with some funny things we talk about on the show, including but not limited to the Long Beach State non-binary shark mascot and the pyramid they play basketball in. Boom. Nice. That was uh, the theme of last last week. Man tries to hug a wild lion. You won't believe what happens next. That's not th- that's not the news we're doing today. Oh I've got some news. What what do you what do you news, Alex? Uh, apparently, Tom Holland, known method actor, took bartending classes and went to bartending school for a critically acclaimed film, Uncharted. Mm. Gotta love him getting in character, don't you, Davis? Hmm. I wonder if Jake Gyllenhaal took bartending classes for that scene in uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home. Somehow I doubt that. <laughs> when you, he if, you know, if you know the one, you're laughing. 
Indeed. All right, let's do our Black History Month moment of the day. Today's uh, feature, special feature, is the one and only. Since we were talking about kids shows from the early 2000s, we've got to talk about LeVar Burton. Reading rainbows. LeVar Burton is an American-German-born actor, director, producer, and author. Burton is most famous for his roles in Star Trek The Next Generation and Roots, in which he played the main character, Kunta Kinte. Burton was also famous as the main host for PBS's main children's series, Reading Rainbow, Butterfly in the Sky. Burton's father was a photographer for the United States Army, who was stationed in West Germany, Landstuhl, during the time of Burton's birth. Burton's mother raised him and his two sisters at Sacramento, California, after which Burton soon joined the St. Pius Seminary to become a Catholic priest. Mm. However, after reading books by Lao Tzu and Kierkegaard, he grew skeptical of his religion and dropped out of the seminary to join the University of Southern California, where he studied drama and theater. Burton's first acting role was for ABC's award-winning television miniseries, Roots, which was based on the novel by Alex Haley, titled Roots, Saga of an American Family. Burton played a young Kunta Kinte in the series. The series itself was nominated for 37 Emmy Awards, out of which it won nine, while Burton was nominated for Best Actor in a Drama Series. Burton was asked to portray Kunta Kinte for the 1988 film adaptation, Roots, The Gift. Burton then went on to star on Fantasy Island, Battle of the Network Stars, and Word Up, after which... He went on to host PBS's premier children's series, Reading Rainbows. So I'm sure a lot of people from our generation know him from there. The series, for whom Burton was also an executive producer, was one of the most successful PBS series of all times. Not only did it run for 23 consecutive seasons, but it also picked up over 200 broadcast awards during its run, including over 26 Emmys, with Burton himself winning a little over 10. Burton also starred acting in Star Trek The Next Generation in 1986. He played Lieutenant Junior Grade Geordi LaForge, a blind engineer who visually aided by an ingenious prosthetic device called a visor. At the time, Burton was one of the highly acclaimed actors to join the show, and his role was defined by several of his critics of a new Spock. Mm, Ooh. Scathing review. Burton went on to reprise his role as Geordi LaForge in the subsequent Star Trek movies, Star Trek Generations, and Star Trek Nemesis. Star Trek Enterprise also helped Burton kickstart his career as a director, as his first assignment as a director was for a Star Trek episode. Burton went on to direct more than more Star Trek episodes than any other director affiliated with the Star Trek name. How about that? Burton also hosted a documentary titled The Science of Peace, which documented pieces of technology that aimed to bring about world peace. Burton also played the great Martin Luther King Jr. in the 2001 blockbuster release title, Ali. He makes a regular cameo appearances throughout popular shows and sitcoms, such as, get this, The Big Bang Theory, Smosh, and Community. Hmm. He is in Community. That's a good one. LeVar Burton was awarded the 1990 Hollywood Walk of Fame star at 7030 Hollywood Boulevard. He also has a Grammy Award for Best Spoken Word Album. Burton is currently busy working for uh, for Practice Makes Perfect, his next upcoming album. Boom. Did you guys, a cool guy. Reading Rainbow, did you, did you uh, was this like, teacher wasn't, doesn't want to teach, put on the Reading Rainbow VHS? Did not. not did you not watch these? I did not actually. I never. I honestly never heard of the show. I remember watching it a ton. The only book I remember uh, being on the show was probably Salamander Room, and that's only probably because I've backfilled those memories from subsequently interacting with Salamander Room. Interesting. Never heard of that one. Great book, Salamander Room. Come over to my place. I'll show it to you. Um, I have it on my bookshelf. Noted. Salamander Room. Oh. It's a real page turner. It's probably about 80 words total in that thing, <laughs> but it has uh, some good visuals. Oh, yeah. That's the one. That's the one. Let's see here. Three minutes. Is it a three-minute audiobook? Four-minute, 44-second read-aloud video. 
It's a quick one. Pretty easy reading. Nothing too hard. LeVar Burton just seems like a really cool guy. We like can't a nice all, guy. We can't all be reading the classics, Professor Highbrow. Hmm. Hmm. I used to have one called uh, If Dinosaurs Were Pets. Oh, yes. That was a good one. I was a fan of that one. There was a book about dinosaurs on Thanksgiving. Maybe I had that one. I don't remember. I remember it had very stunning visuals. If Dinosaurs Were Pets. And one of them was... I can't remember. Well, this is a little riveting. Me trying to figure it out. Really sound, it's amazing radio. Maybe we should go back to talking about Rescue Rangers. Rescue heroes. Rescue heroes. How are you not going to know? The Rescue I, Rangers are Chippendale. That's, that's, what, that's why I was confused. Which is a terrible movie. Whoa. Goodness. Did you not watch the trailer? All right, we got the USFL coming. I need to talk about this because I was watching the Daytona 500. Um, and it's... Oh, it, it was How Do Dinosaurs Choose Their Pets. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I was watching the... the uh, the Daytona 500, and it's on Fox, right? So the USFL is also going to be on Fox. So they were advertising it. Really funny commercials. The commercials actually kind of got me because there was one where a guy was having dinner with his wife, and he was reading off – the waiter was reading off the specials, and the guy zoned out, and the specials started slowly transforming into, like, Spider Y2 Banana and other football plays. And then he looked into the kitchen, and the chef turned into a football player. And it was like – the gist was like – we know you, you like football. He's thinking about football. So we got more football for you. Wow, there you go. Heck yeah. And I think that's, that's the appeal. All right, the excitement continues to build for the April 16th start of the new United States Football League, and the anticipation is about ready to reach another level as the inaugural USFL draft is coming soon. Today. Today. Um, I hope it's as good, if not better, than the XFL draft, which was probably some of the most must-watch, uh, not quite television, but uh, – web live stream because they were running it all off like a windows 10 timer and uh, every time the i think the renegades made a pick that their room of like 30 people would just start hooting and hollering and I then it would it. go to the la wildcats and it was just like a guy with a soda making picks i love it so i, I will say this draft is very interesting each round is a designated position for example round one you pick quarterbacks round two through four edge rushers defensive ends Round 5 through 7, offensive tackles. Rounds 8 through 11, cornerbacks. And then round 12, quarterbacks are once again on the table. That's day one only. I'm looking forward to it. And again, for those of you who watched the 30 for 30 documentary on the on the USFL, as long as Donald Trump is not involved in the business decisions, this league will probably prosper because the USFL was doing pretty decent and then they tried to compete with the NFL on Sundays, mm-hmm. which is a horrible they, idea. As long as they keep it in the spring. I saw something they were also that NBC and Fox are doing a joint broadcast uh, for the inaugural game on April 16th. That'll be exciting. I don't know how they got that deal. The April 16th game is, of course, in Birmingham, Alabama, as it is the Birmingham Stallion is taking on the New Jersey Generals. I think all the games are in Birmingham to start off with this first season, but this one is going to be a blockbuster matchup April 16th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And what did you think of the jersey reveals, Jack? I thought they were safe. They didn't do anything too crazy. Um the AAF, I liked those jerseys a lot, but they were a, a little they they kind of lost the plot a little bit. I feel like you got to start safe. You don't want to turn people away by having You don't want to create crazy alternates when you don't even have a fan base. You I really like the is it the New Orleans Breakers? I like that they have the wave on their shoulder and then the only one I don't like is I think the Pittsburgh Maulers just cuz I don't like that that scheme. 
Which but one? Which one's the Pittsburgh Maulers again? The blue and red one, I believe. Uh, blue and red. I don't even see it actually. Me... Well, unreliable narrator. Maybe blue and orange. Maybe purple and orange. For all I know. Oh wait, is, is it the? Is it um? It's the fourth, third one from the left. Fourth one from the left. That that one. That that one you're pointing to. Ah, uh, yeah, that one's kind of weird. I mean, that 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 gets a bit risky. I like all of them. I don't like how there's four teams with red. That's what I was just about to say. Is that it's like a lot of red. I'm not a fan of that. I think there's, you know, I I get it, but like, where's a, where's a team with green? I you know? really, the uh, green's not terrible. The Packers make it work. The um, the Philadelphia Stars have a very loud uniform, and I really appreciate that. I have it's, to do with that it's one. It's all red and yellow. Oh wait, yeah, I do like that. I do like that one. I I appreciate the the ones that you know they have their colors and they're not just going to do ah oh, yes red and white or blue and mm-hmm. white like you know use it. They Make also it have a they also have road uniforms, which is something the AAF did not have. Yes, so. I I like the I like the diversity in uniform. So options. I like that all the home uniforms are super colorful and all the away uniforms are also pretty colorful. Exactly. I'm looking forward to some alternate helmets if they get it to a year two. They're I think all, that, they're all pretty distinct. I, I agree. The only, yeah, other than the issue of red, I think I think we're in, in agreement on this. If you would like to uh, check out these and other awesome sports uniforms, my go-to spot is always sportslogos.net, probably the coolest website on the great. internet, if you ask me. That's Chris Creamer's blog. That's, once again, sportslogos.net, if you're interested in checking out what we are looking at right here. Uh, maybe the much-anticipated return of uniform factor will have to crash back onto the scene in a week or two to uh, review these more in-depth. We might get, get Bay Marks on the horn for that one. I think that would be a good idea. I The Houston Gamblers, very unusual color scheme. It's like gray and black. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too sure about their uh uniform. Let me pull it up again. Yeah, it's it is it, it they're all on, the best thing is they're all inspired by the original team's uniform. That I, is I, nice. I like that. I respect they're that. Honoring their heritage. Especially because I think the Stallions originally looked a lot like the 49er uniform, so I'm glad they kind of changed it up. Let me let me see if I can find the old uh jerseys. Just quickly, because I think I think yeah. Let me see the cherry red. Oh yeah, spitting image. Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. That they they literally looked like the 49ers. That's something not- uh, I really like about the USFL is that anytime you ever see football footage in a movie or TV show, it's usually USFL footage because no one really owns the rights to it. And if so, and it's it, really yeah. cheap. So I, was about to say. I think there's an episode of of SpongeBob where Patchy the Pirates watching a Tampa Bay Bandits game. Really? When SpongeBob changes from whatever he was watching and Gary walked in, he put on a USFL game. That is a UFL game. game. And then when they go to the Bubble Bowl to perform in Band Geeks, they're at a Memphis Showboats game. Oh, this is that's amazing. I didn't know that. So that's, that's your fun awesome. fact for the day. I love ever, it. What was SpongeBob watching when Gary walked in? An anemone. Hmm. Doing what? He had a weird reaction, is all I'm saying. Gary! No, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. <laughs> do I have any SpongeBob buttons? I do. I feel completely recharged. Welcome back. <laughs> Are you going to try it again? Can you play that song again? You the one that goes beep boop 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 But you can't fool me. I listen to public radio. And on that note, we're going to get out of here for today. Thank you so much for listening to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. It's Tuesday. I'm just so excited. It's 2 2 2022 However you joined us today, from your terrestrial radio, from our podcast, from WeagleFM.com, thank you for doing so. We would like to remind you that all of our previous episodes are available as a podcast, absolutely PSA break-free, wherever podcasts are heard. Just search for Compact Discourse. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, 
at cdiscau, that's C-D-I-S-C-A-U, for links to the show, information about the show, and you can tweet at us and get your voice on the show. Join the conversation. We are, of course, Auburn's only student-run drive-time morning show. You might want to go ahead and follow the station at WEGL underscore AU on Twitter and Instagram. That is Weagle underscore AU. We've got a lot of exciting events coming up, including DJing Jungle Village tomorrow and concerts on campus on Thursday. And with that, for Jack Hart, Alex Houston, and Davis Carroll, this has been another exciting episode of Compact Discourse. We will talk at you tomorrow, Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. This is Jack Hart signing off and War Eagle. Hello there.